right? That's the book you were looking for? <laughs> yes. No, not necessarily. I thought there'd be... I, I think I thought originally that it would be more... Um, this is why I like to pick the shows, people. <laughs> Welcome back to In Residence. I'm Keith. And I'm Laura. Hey, Laura. Hey, Keith. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm swell. What have you been up to? I've been working. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just so excited to be here with you that I'm like giddy. I don't know why. Okay. So the last week, a lot of working, getting projects moving. It's the beginning of the year. Uh, but my highlight, we went to a salt cave. Did you enjoy the salt cave? Yeah. That was like my highlight of the weekend. Yeah, I appreciate it, but it's not necessarily something I would have elected to do had you not brought it to my attention. Yeah. Taking the time to do something like that is my thing, but that particular thing is never never been on my radar or something that I would see and elect to do if you weren't like, hey, let's go do this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was good. It was relaxing. I was thinking a lot during it about like schedule and stuff. So yeah. That's not good or bad. I'm not trying to judge that, but I'm like, oh, this is this is something that I'm sitting here quiet reflecting and yet not so quiet in my head. I'm wondering what what can I do with my time? What should I be doing? You know, and I'm not I'm not outwardly that way, but I think right. my, my head's a little more <laughs> yeah. my outward actions don't re- maybe reflect all of the things that are spinning around and swirling around in my head. And so while I tend to seek activity as a means of meditation, like mm-hmm. repetitive tasks, dishes, laundry, folding laundry, chopping vegetables, right? Like I did yeah. the other night. I seek that out, but I also know and I understand and I appreciate quiet reflection like meditation, what we experience like in the salt cave thing. And yet it's not where I go to. It's not my go-to, but I, I it's just, it's to me, it's more of like, oh, this is probably something I need a little more of. Right. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I did too. There was something about taking the time to engage in intentional self-care that was really good. I enjoyed the practice of doing that meditation kind of as we were going, nice quiet space, and really working toward that healing and things like that. Yeah. What have you been up to last week? I have no idea. I, no, I, it was a lot, though. I'm, <laughs> I know it's been a lot. It's just the weekend kind of erases away things. Yeah, I had a good week last week of getting work done on the podcast, finding ways to connect with people, uh, the chores, the necessary things, the basic, simple things that sometimes they're like, oh, why do I have to do this? But I don't necessarily often think that way about it, except for when um maybe under a deadline to like say release the podcast. I'm like, Oh, I don't have to do dishes right now. It's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> what did you want to talk about today, Laura? This week, I wanted to talk about curating your space and the things that you surround yourself with to bring you joy and creativity and just dig a little bit more into that topic of how do you go about that. We all, or I, have 
a lot of things I surround myself with. I feel like I'm often working on decluttering and curating to have my surroundings really match my vibe. So I thought we could talk a little bit about that. So a lot of people are decluttering during the pandemic, and we were no exception because we were spending a lot of time in our homes. I remember the day so clearly when I sent everyone from work home to work at home. I made sure everyone had their laptops before I left. But I came home and I wanted to set up my office either at the kitchen table or... And I was like, that's not going to work. <laughs> or downstairs in front of our bookcases, the built-ins that you made because it was light. And, and truth be told, my office was just full of... It was really a dropping place for anything the family didn't want in their rooms, like child one, child two a project that I thought, oh, I'll get to that later, or things that I've never gone through for years and years. I've just kind of collected different things. So at that time, we started implementing Marie Kondo's The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Because we, we had read it before. Right. Either listened to it or we got the book. And I fell into the part about folding the laundry a certain way. You, you still do it. Yeah. The, like, all the t-shirts, they get folded into like little squares and the pants, like my jeans anyway, not your dress pants. I hang those up. <laughs> That's where I, I gravitated towards that. I'm like, ooh, the structure, the order, the, the precision. You gravitated towards the what sparks joy. Right. I found that to be incredibly powerful. The, the does this bring me joy? And I do too. It's just that I'm like, yep, that makes sense. I'm going to fold this now. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the organization piece is really powerful because it helps you do more with the space that you have. But the sparking joy, I think, is so powerful. And I've been thinking about that because over the last week, you and I have been talking about creating a space that you love to work in. Mm -hmm. And we've come to that in slightly different ways. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about kind of your view of that, and maybe then I could talk about how I saw it. Well, I think we both want a space that we feel comfortable in, and that makes us feel like doing the type of work we're seeking to do. But at the same time, we have different aesthetic. Like I have lights that are connected to an app on my phone. I can change the color, and I have this cool lamp that's like one that you got, which I really like. I really want the mood in my room to help me feel comfortable enough to like be creative. That vulnerability of creativity is maybe what it is. And so I want to be comfortable enough here so that I can lean into discomfort in my art. I mean, that's kind of what it is. And also it's like, I'm surrounded with things that are creative to me or like from my youth, you know, the music, the comics, some Lego, all the things, you know, that, you can look around and see in here, or if you ever on a Zoom with me sometime, you'll see there's lots of lots of things, you know, and guitars, right? My stuff is kind of out in the open, and I want to be able to see it. Whereas you have a little different decor and a little different feel of the stuff you want to surround yourself with, right? Right. So the way things are in my room is to promote what? What am I trying to say? I have things laid about to spark creativity and I can grab them. I can touch them. I can see them. Your room is a little different story and you're looking to do a different kind of work in your space as well. 
Right. My space is a little more, it's a little more set up to have my books at my fingertips, my planning supplies. One of my favorite parts of my room is the big whiteboard that you help me get on the wall. So I can really think about how do I approach different things so I can sketch it out. (laughs) The whiteboard's like three foot by six foot. It's big. It takes Mm -hmm. up half of the wall that it's on. Oh, yeah. And I have my big post-it sheets. I have all the flip chart markers. So you can ideate. So I can ideate. I have so many different post-its that I can think through. And and so I've really created my own little planning studio. Yeah. So to speak, our office. But from what's on the walls and what is out, it's small little things that bring me back and ground me into who I am, where I come from, and adventures that I've had. One of the things that I think is important about how I'm curating my space is I want to have it be homey and cozy enough, but have the tools I need to get my ideas out while always tethering myself to who I am, to my core values. One thing that is important to me are the relationships that I form. And so one thing that I have up on my shelves is I have this very large ceramic head. It's an art project from the first institution I worked at after grad school, an art project that a student had left behind and didn't claim. It's beautiful. It's like this green, it's got like gold on it. And anyway, I had it, I claimed it and put it in my office because I thought it was pretty cool. And when I left the institution, all of my friends and people I worked with signed (laughs) this head. And so I have that as kind of my, my token of my first job after graduate school, my first professional job, and the relationships and connections I made at that institution that I, I, still keep in contact with many of the people today. So I have things like that. I have things from places I've traveled on my little shelf that's over my desk. I have, uh, I say it's my little army of dollar horses. Dollar horses are Swedish painting from Delorna and my relatives, uh, some of which still live there are from that part of Sweden. My family would go to Sweden and we'd always have to go to the dollar horse factory. So I have this little army of different colored dollar horses lined up to remind me where my family came from and where my roots are. It's things like that that bring me joy. And I will say the other thing that I have up in front of the dollar horses, one year for uh, Christmas, child two made me Lego versions of our family. There's a little version of Keith. There's a little version of me holding a wine glass. There's a little version of child one, maybe with a video game controller, (laughs) you know, and a little version of child two. So I have that up there too, kind of reminder of our little nuclear family here. So I put things around me that tie me to the importance of relationships, to family, to my roots and where I came from, because I find that powerful to say, okay, this is why I do what I do. It grounds me. That is your leadership style too. Mm -hmm. Forming relationships and cultivating culture with your teams and between teams. That's kind of interesting. Well, insight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
the thing that I've been thinking a lot lately, and it's it's not just about curating your office or your space to align with who you are and how to spark creativity, is how do you cultivate and curate areas of your life and how you show up in a way that is uniquely you. I've been thinking about this from everything from what kind of thank you notes do you buy and give? Something beyond just the white thank you note with the little silver thank you on it. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but what cards, if somebody saw it, were like, that is very Laura. Even when it comes to your closet and your wardrobe, that's that's the next thing on my list to go back through and borrow some of the Marie Kondo techniques to get through my my closet. So my closet is one of clothes and shoes and things that I truly love and feel excited to wear and not just things to put on day to day. Like I really would like to curate what are the things that I'm keeping in my closet and not every single week having Keith say, we're running out of hangers, stop buying things. (laughs) (laughs) So those are the things I've been thinking about a little bit is how do I find that unique sense of style and not not shy away from how I want to show up. Does that make sense? Yeah. You've been talking a lot about Tara Schuster's book, By Yourself the Effing Lilies, right? Yeah, it's a really good, it's a good read. She has a new one out too that I'm So I've listened start. to probably three quarters of it today. Did you? Yeah, I'm like two and a half speed because it's Overachiever. It, it's a pretty long book, but a really, really good read. So I have a, a bunch of notes here in my my little pocket notebook. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I love you so much. I had no idea you were going to do that. Yeah. Aw. Um, so a lot of things stood out to me in that, but what's coming up right now is she brings up spend time on what's important to you. And so I think that's overall what you're trying to do. Right. And how to, how to shape the different aspects and buckets of your life to encourage that. Also, something you just said sparked to my mind. Another thing I wrote down from it was, how would you like the world to interact with you? I love that. Yeah. So she brings that up and you need to, you get, you get to decide partially how that's going to happen by what you choose to do for yourself, right? And how you choose to show up for yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be reflected out into the world. And you and I, we approach these things a little differently because we have different styles. seems like I don't care about certain things. It's just I care about different aspects of the yeah. things that we're going to be talking about. And so it's going to be a little, little nervous and a little excited because sometimes I, I think you, you think I don't care about something when it's like, no, I just don't care about that part of the something. <laughs> and so... I'm kind of excited to dig into this if there's more layers to it. Um, but cause I know this, so the, I know this book's been on, on your mind a lot and you've been digging into it. So I tried digging in yeah. and, and just make sure I knew where you're coming from to bring it back real quick. Yeah. The thing that really stood out to me was spend time on what's important to you. And then like, what are the rituals and habits or ways that I'm going to spend time or other resources to make myself feel better? to make me feel good to, so that I show up the way I want to show up. Right. Right. Like the whole, 
and she even brings up the same thing of like putting your oxygen mask on first. This is, you know, we talked because we've talked about mm-hmm. self-care and this is just an, ex- this is self-care again. It's like, you need to show up for yourself. Right. And then you can show up for others, you know? And it, so it's all, I think it's all, it's all connected. It is. I would say one thing she does talk about in the book that makes me smile, putting things that are powerful for her up on her wall. So she has a wall that she puts up either quotes or letters to her frenemy, which is like her frenemy within, right? Resistance, yeah. Yeah. Or and lizard brain or the <laughs> lizard thing that- brain. Shady Laura, right? <laughs> Any of those things. But she has a wall dedicated and she'll say, Oh, I'm putting glitter tape up and like all these things. And as I'm thinking about the space that I created in my office, one of the things that I did, I really love quotes. I find them incredibly motivating and powerful. Actually, the students at the first institution I worked at, they knew one of my favorite quotes was, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Eleanor Roosevelt quote. I put them on my walls. I either incorporate that into my signature. I put them on post-its to remind myself of something if it sticks out to me. The students at my first institution knew that, that they actually created like a, you know how the award shows you get like a glass thing to put on your desk, like you got first prize or advisor of the year or something like that. They got me a like a glass thing that was etched with that quote, and it's up in my office. As you were saying about surrounding yourself with things that inspire you, the first thing I did during the pandemic, because those were some really hard times to be in leadership. It was hard to not be in leadership too, but It was long days and not knowing what was going to hit the next day. And it was just a lot. Figuring out how to show up for your team, right? In an ever-changing world and lead through that. I have frames up of just different quotes that inspire me next to where my desk is. And so I would be able to look up and see them every day and just get some either affirmation, support, reassurance. I found them to be incredibly helpful. and so. I've always done that, but I I continued to do that. And I actually didn't realize that is why I put them up was to inspire and create a space I loved that supported me to show up the way I wanted to in the world. That's probably why I would put like posters up on my wall when I was a kid, right? Like of all the musicians and stuff. Yeah. It. I mean, back then it's simply, I like this. So I put it up. And and so, I mean, if you just examine it a little more closely, it, I mean, you don't really even need to. If, if you simply say, like, I like this. I mean, that's all it really matters is, like, you surround yourself with things that are going to make you be who you are. She does mention her board, like, her idea board, quote, yeah, unquote. Yeah, she doesn't want to call it a vision board. Yeah, I think that's gig- funny. That made me giggle. Because <laughs> I do hear people kind of snicker when you, when you say, like, a vision board. They're just like, whatever. I think they can be powerful. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe that's a different episode, though. That'll be our first v- recorded one where we're making vision boards <laughs> with video. <laughs> I mean, let's do it. I'm down for that. The other thing that Tara Schuster talked about in her book was sometimes the things that bring you joy are not necessarily the things that are super expensive or like somebody would give you lots of money for it because it's rare or something like that. Sometimes the things that bring you that joy 
or spark that creativity are because of what you make it mean and the care that you put into taking care of that item. And so I don't know if you have any examples of that. Well, the ones that I can think of off the top of my head from when I was listening to the book, she was talking about some dishes that she brought back from traveling and like the care she took with them, right? Yeah. To make the travel back. And that made them even more special. The Song of Significance mugs, they're kind of precious to me. Like they were kind of expensive for a mug, right? But they're like, they're handmade. They're amazing. They're like a totem. I feel good when I drink my coffee in the morning out of them. Or if I see you or all of a sudden I walk by and I'm like, oh, I think one of the kids uses this to have hot cocoa. I'm like, awesome. You know, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just, it's kind of a little thing that I'm just using to kind of surround myself with something that's, it may be small, but it has a big impact, right? Like not to be too corny, but that's the thing that came to mind first because it, and it's, and it's a dish kind of, so. Yeah. I'm sure I have a lot of other things. I mean, I cherish most everything I have, you know, and like actually funny, funny enough right there. I have, that's a, a mug that we painted like on one of our dates at like <laughs> a, what are those called? I don't even know what those are called. Paint your own pottery. Yeah. I don't remember what it was like called. Like a little thing where you're yeah. like, let's go do this. And I kind of was probably like rolling my eyes. Like, I don't want to go do arts and crafts, you know, <laughs> but I did. I mean, it's fun. It's just, so, I mean, that's where I keep my pens on my desk. You know, I like it. Yeah. One thing that I think about, so I just took down our Christmas tree. It's nice to put the rower back where the rower typically is. And it was awesome rowing there this morning. Wasn't it? You get to see outside. It's, it is nice. But I was t- taking down the tree. One thing that I love to do is when we go on a family trip, get a ornament from somewhere that, that we visit. We have one from Mount Vernon, and it it makes me remember, oh, we went to Mount Vernon as a family, and your mom went with. Like, we have this little, beautiful little tree ornament with a partridge on the top. We have one from Indy when we all went for the first time to the Indy 500 together. I have, you know, Borg Warner trophy with the milk and the, like, checker flakes. I was even noticing I have some from when I, I was growing up. I have one. Santa Claus in a like a canoe from Brazil. I have uh, Angel that was made out of a Diet Coke can from South Africa, and so it's it's interesting to me because I remember the care that I take each year to put them up and take them down because they're important to me because they tie back to a memory that's really important. I like putting them out every year because then I can remember like oh yeah we were at Muir Woods. And child two picked out that ornament because he thought it was cool. It was a bear. Mm-hmm. And so it's some of that story behind the object. They might not be worth a lot, but it's tied to family is important to me and adventures are important to me and combine the two and it's magic mm. <laughs> for me. Right. <laughs> I'll clarify. It's magical <laughs> for me. <laughs> mm. I know that cultivating the life that you want and the spaces that you want to be uniquely you can be overwhelming if you were to all of a sudden say, okay, I'm going to change my entire wardrobe to a line. I'm going to change everything I write a thank you note or just a small little just thinking of you note on, change my entire office, 
and spaces to highlight all these things. I guess my question is, how do you, how do you then start making progress? (laughs) Because that could be overwhelming, right? I mean, going through the closet when I end up taking a day and doing that, that's going to be a lot. And Marie Kondo says that, if I recall from her book. I also watch her Netflix series. So you start where you're at and that's with anything. And it, I mean, it's something I have to tell myself one step at a time. That's how you turned yourself into a runner. Right. You know, it's how I built a deck that seemed so unattainable for me to build that it took me several years to even start, but that was before times. (laughs) So this, how do I start? The answer is you simply start where you're at and realize that it's going to be a process and that's okay because anything, anything worth doing or having, right? Nobody said it's supposed to be easy. If it's meaningful, there's probably some, some kind of hard work that has to go into it. If you're kind of at that metaphorical crossroads, right? Where you want to make a change in whatever aspect of your life, it's, you're tough enough to do it. It's going to be made up of a lot of small steps and it's okay to not be an overnight success. There's no such thing. That's not going to happen to me anyway. So I'm not going to think like that. I'm going to think like, what do I have to do to get where I want to be? And how can I tailor my life so that I can be consistent and persistent to get to where I want to go? That makes sense. That's deeper than I was... You should switch the name of the podcast to Whoa, Keith, that's deep. (laughs) No, I was thinking, so I was thinking a lot about, and this is going to sound so silly, thank you notes and stationery. And I've bought various thank you note boxes throughout the year, but I don't love them because I love, I love the idea that I would cultivate the cards that I use to be uniquely from me mm-hmm. for someone to open and be like, Oh yeah, that's Laura. Like I, I, I want that. I think that's really exciting and it gets me really jazzed. Yeah. The thing that's overwhelming and I'm going to admit to something, which probably won't surprise you. I've spent a lot of time on Amazon and target when I'm just kind of I don't know if it's bored, but I just kind of want a little downtime and scrolling. Is that called shop therapy? Yeah, a little shop therapy. Okay. <laughs> um, and I've been trying to find note cards that I absolutely adore. And I found maybe one set, but there's nothing that I'm like, oh, that is 100% me. The thing that in the book, she said, just always be on the lookout. And if something speaks to you, just buy it at that gift shop, buy it at the bookstore. And then eventually you'll have this curated collection of cards that you can use that are genuinely you. And I love that idea, but I'm impatient. Like yeah, I want are. to get, <laughs> you're so impatient. I want to, I want to go through my drawer and I actually went through it a couple weeks ago and I'm like, well, that's boring. Those are boring. That one's boring. I can't help, but maybe it's time to simply donate those. Maybe somebody could use the ones that I, I I don't know where I'm going with that. And I know that it's a luxury maybe to, to feel like I'm curating these beautiful cards for me to use, to let people know that I'm grateful for them and that I 
Right, but it's a care. it's it's a practice that you think is important, and that's why you're thinking about it so much, right? Yes, yeah, and I I mean I don't think I like that idea because it was so simple. You're not making it very simple. No, I know I'm not, but but it 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 it's simple, but it also it's a way to express yourself. Too. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of flair. It you know gives what I'm you, to There's me like a little, what like, I hear is it pizzazz. gives you an opportunity to show yourself a yeah. part of yourself. Share that with somebody by sending them a nice card. Yeah, and it's okay for you to want to show up as yourself. It's, I think we all, a lot of us, I should say, that's all we're looking for is can I show up as me? Right. Yeah. And to not keep going down the rabbit hole of stationary because you're so creative and you're crafty. Can you get that washi tape and make something out of it and upcycle it? I think about it. And if not, there's little libraries all over the place. We could drop some stuff off, off in there, you know? Thank you notes. Yeah. Like bundle it up and be like, here, somebody can come. If somebody goes and doesn't find a book, maybe they want some envelopes and some cards or something that you didn't want anymore. Mm. I think those are just for books though. I saw one that had canned goods in it the other day. Oh, yeah, th there is one that that's kind of nice. Yeah. But I can I can share. I think that's the other thing that I know as we were decluttering, the one thing I know you and I talked about a lot is although we enjoyed it while we had it, we used it. It doesn't quite have a space here, but I can thank it for I mean, and this is again Marie Kondo, right? I can thank it for what it brought to us. And somebody else is really going to enjoy this sweatshirt, this set of glasses. Somebody's really going to enjoy this book. I want to spend more time paying attention to some of the areas, some of the areas of my life and how I show up to be more uniquely me. But like one of the things that really stood out while I was listening, uh, because I think I've said it before, something similar to it. Like, what are the small things that will like instantly make your life better? Like, you deserve that. Like, five dollars on on this or that. If it's going to make you feel special and feel good and put you in a good space, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to tell you that. Buy the lilies. Mm -hmm. Go to the salt cave. Exactly. Take some time. Invest in yourself. And the other thing too, I really liked was that. She was also saying, and that doesn't mean be irresponsible and spend more than right. you can afford. Like you take care of your your basic needs and your and your necessities, and then allow yourself to have some luxuries. You mm -hmm. know, and she's like, it could be a bath, right? You know, and that when she started listing things off, that's when it started to get to the point where I'm like, this is I am not the target market for this book. I'm like, I like to write, like she says. I like to listen to music. <laughs> And then I'm like, most of this stuff is for Laura. <laughs> the small things that can have a huge impact that aren't going to break the bank, like flowers, buy yourself some flowers. Yeah. And at the same time, being conscious of sometimes it's not, doesn't feel possible to do that. It feels like a splurge. It feels like you're splurging on yourself. To that voice in my head, I would just say, like, find something that's doable, that can make you feel special. That feels like you're treating yourself. It's telling about me 
some of the things that came up when I was thinking about spending money on myself when she was talking about it. And I'm like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I, sh- I got some work to do around thinking about that stuff still. Like, One thing that just came up for me as you were talking around the the small stuff, and it doesn't have to be expensive or anything like that. Do you ever find, and I don't know where this comes from, but when you get something nice, that sometimes you hesitate to use it. Oh yeah. Because you don't you don't want it to get used up. Uh-huh. I have something sitting right next to me that's that. It's a guitar pedal. The guitar pedal? Yeah. A limited edition, like number twenty five out of a hundred. I didn't open Whoa. it for like two years. You opened it, it's on the floor. Have you used it? Yeah. How is it? It's fuzzy. Is that what it should be? Yeah, it's a fuzz pedal. Okay, I don't know. It's a distortion pedal. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I tend, I think I tend to be very precious about some things like that. Yeah, not wanting to use it up. I think that's a really a good way of saying that. I have the same thing that I do, just slightly different. And I think I've done it for quite a while, even when it comes to lotion, like lotion that smells so good. Like I had a lotion that I bought in London. I don't think it was very expensive, but I thought it was fancy and it was lavender and it was kind of my signature, like how I wanted to like feel, made me feel awesome. I thought you were going to say your signature scent. (laughs) (laughs) Lavender. Well, like in a way, like I don't, I don't lean towards lotions that smell like roses or anything. I mean, lavender is probably more my vibe. So I remember I had that and I, I think I finally used it up, but it sat and it sat. And finally I said, it's been several years. Why are you not enjoying it instead of letting it get old and stinky and chunky or watery or whatever lotion does, right? So I have a hard time with that. If I invest in the thing that makes me feel special, I sparingly use it. Yeah, it's like, isn't that like letting it rot on the vine? A little bit. It's something I feel like I've made progress in in getting past. And, and if I'm going to have it, use it and enjoy it kind of thing. That guitar pedal was one of those things where I'm like, it's... It's like kind of a collector item in a way because it's numbered. And so it was even a little more, there's another layer of spending on myself that is something for me to examine. (laughs) It's just, I don't know if there's like a guilt there or something, but that's one of the harder things then about making yourself feel special and luxuries. And it's like, well, I have these hangups about spending money on myself. Right. That's something for me to, to do a little more work on. Yeah. I'm going to read a short section from the book that really resonated with me. And then I thought maybe we could talk about it. Yeah. Well, stuff can't make you happy if you surround yourself with objects you are crazy about and then invest care into those objects, you can increase the overall enchantment you feel in your life. These treasures will shine all of the love and time you've invested into them right back onto you, casting a sparkling aura of self-love around you 
giving you inspiration when you need it. That's why you can't just have stuff. Stuff can't hold magic. Well, that sounds a lot like your Christmas ornaments, right? It's not the object itself. It's what you enchant into it. It's that magic that you cast into that object. The real precious thing about it for you is what I see. The thing that I think is so beautiful about this, sometimes we can think that it's good to just have more newer stuff, the latest and greatest. Sometimes there's something truly beautiful about the things or the treasures that you choose to bring into your life and take care of that makes you unique. There's something about that that just brings joy (laughs) to me. Yeah. Something comes to mind of instead of instead of always looking for more let's let's find better it's something i've been thinking about a lot of like i don't need more i want better that doesn't have to mean i want the better phone all the time i want the better this the better that it's like i want better for me pretty much every time i might say more in a sentence i realize what i really mean is better the same way that you and I try to not say we should do this or we should do that. Right. I'm like, I better do this. That tells me if I do this, I will be better. That's why I'm thinking I better do this. I think that's the same thing that you're saying there. We're not looking to accumulate more and more and more to make us feel better. We're looking to find what are the things that we really want because we want to be better and we want to do better. <laughs> it it just it makes me think of my one quote that's on my wall. <laughs> Make things better by making better things. Yeah. You want to wrap it up? Yeah. So Keith, what have you been reading or into? I was listening to the book that you keep talking about by yourself the Effing Lilies. Solid. By Tara Schuster. Uh I'm going to hopefully finish that up or the next week. I'm I'm really close. We've been watching The Bear. Yeah, we have. And really enjoying that. And that's maybe why I I was talking a little bit about chopping vegetables and I was doing it. But that show is stressful. It reminds me of being in a kitchen and the deadlines and kind of the intensity, but more the purpose and the intent and going about getting the work done because there's a deadline you need to move with purpose you need to be direct but also be a team player kind of thing so it was really it's been that's kind of been coming up a little bit and it it's the same as being in a in a workshop too you know you need to be mindful of your surroundings but you also need to meet spec it's it's a safe and an appropriate space to meet spec and oftentimes we you and I are talking more of a little more abstract things where it's like, oh, we can decide what the spec is. We're not quite sure what it is, you know, where being in in, in a kitchen or, or like in a workshop, it's like, no, it needs to be straight, flat and square <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. thing. And then the other thing, I'm also listening to the last Harry Potter book. I know it's however many decades since it came out, but I'm finally getting to listen to it. And so, yeah, lots going on. I'm enjoying it. How about you? What do you got? The book that I've been reading is Kitchens of the Great Midwest by J. Ryan Straddle. I'm about halfway through. I am really enjoying it. It's 
uh, story. It takes place kind of in our Twin Cities area here or Midwest, um, Chicago, etc. But it's really about a family and it all centers around food. So every chapter is around a different thing. So the first chapter is about Ludafisk. The chapter I'm on right now is about walleye. Ooh. So is it all it's, about fish? No. So <laughs> I, I thought it was actually going to be more, let's talk about Ludafisk and how it's made. Right? <laughs> That's the book you were looking for? <laughs> yes. No, not necessarily. I thought there'd be... I, I think I thought originally that it would be more... Um, this is why I like to pick the shows, people. <laughs> I thought it was going to be more about kind of the historical... Um, I thought it was going to be... I know, it says novel right on the front. I thought it was going to be more of like... Um, historical fiction? Yeah, I thought so. Of Let's talk about a family in Minnesota that makes Ludafisk and the journey and the story and the history of why... It's not quite that. Okay. So, how many but pages I'm are you? It. How many pages are you in? I'm about 130. Oh, and you're enjoying it. Okay. I'm enjoying it. Yep. Right. So it's past my 100 page test. If it <laughs> if I get to 100, I'm like ah, I just won't keep going. It's past that. So, so that's pretty good. But okay, I good. I think so. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. You need to reclaim your attention from the notifications. Yes. Take it back. I agree. Taking it back, Keith. Take it back.